Welcome to the Tour Junkies podcast for the Wyndham Championship 2019. David Barnett here of the Tour Junkies. My boy Pat Perry on vacation this week. I got a special guest breaking down the action who's close to the PGA Tour. He is in Greensboro, North Carolina. It's a good podcast tonight with Aaron Fleener, PGA Tour caddy for JT Poston. Funny dude. We're going to get into a funny travel story that he had. We're going to talk a little bit about touching Adam Scott's pleats. We're going to talk about FedEx Cup Bubble Boys and what that means. And we're going to have a great chunk and run segment at the end of the podcast. But this podcast is brought to you by our friends at BenHoganGolf.com. Head over to BenHoganGolf.com. Use the promo code TOURJUNKIES, all one word. Get 10% off already highly discounted clubs that uh, you you get straight from the manufacturer. No retail markup. They're made to order in Fort Worth, Texas. And right now... You can get their PTX Pro Irons in black finish. And let me just tell you, these bad boys are beautiful. We have the driver and the putter. We've been putting it in the bag here lately. It's uh, great. And we're hoping to get the irons here pretty soon. But they're on back order because they're on so much, they're high demand. So promo code Tour Junkies gets you an additional 10% off. You don't have the high retail markup that you have at a lot of places. These are made to order, made for you. So check out BenHoganGolf.com. Use promo code TourJunkies if you're in the market for new woods, driver, irons, wedges, putter, whatever. And enjoy this podcast for the Wyndham Championship. What's going on, golf addicts? Another episode of the Tour Junkies podcast. Uh, I'm excited about this one for a couple of reasons. Number one, uh, my boy Pat Perry is on vacay. We do this every single year. You know, normally we each commit to every single episode. We we normally will only miss one a piece throughout the year, and so this is Pat's. Uh, this is Pat's hall pass to get out of the out of the podcast. He doesn't have to do a, a thing, which he doesn't do a lot, but he doesn't have to show up for the podcast and record with me tonight. So that is fun for me because I get to pick who my guest host is going to be. And believe it or not, believe it or not, I, the, the, the guy who's my guest host tonight is, was the first person I texted. Not, not the third or fourth. He was actually the first. And he accepted. Uh, we, we just interviewed him on the, PGA, on, the, uh, on the Tour Junkies podcast. He's a caddy on the PGA Tour for JT Post, and he's a funny dude. Mr. Aaron Fleener. Hello, guys. Thanks What's for up, having dude? me back. I'm. Uh, I, I didn't know I was the first person you texted. That's that's an honor. That's surprising, honestly. Well, you know, I felt like. Um, I mean, you know, there was there was some other. You know, listen, I, I don't want you to. I want you to be flattered, but I don't want you to get too big ahead, right? Because I mean, yeah, we've had some we've had some guests on before that I could have hit up. You know what I mean? Like, I mean. There's a handful of guys, but I was thinking, you know, when I was on vacation, Pat had Gino on, and I felt like, you know, you and Gino are buddies. We talked to you guys a lot, and I just felt like I think me and Aaron could probably do a much better job than Pat and Gino did. I, I for damn okay. sure on the picks because that week, if I remember correctly, the week that Pat and Gino were on, the picks were just abysmal. There's no telling how many listeners we lost. With the the, the the credibility that was that was just run over and backed up on on that podcast, <laughs> so I feel like we okay. can do better. You know, I think you're gonna have um, to carry us there, but I'll, I will. You know, I will. I'm definitely here for you. 
Like, yeah, I I'm, just I'm a team player. Yeah, I'll I need your support. You. I just need you to tell me. I want you to be honest with me when we get to that. Like, I, feel free to like tell me if what I'm thinking is stupid or overthinking it. You know, that's. I think that's the interesting thing about us doing the show is, I mean, it's it's like any kind of fantasy sport or betting on any sport. Like, part of the fun for a lot of players is in the process and in the the thinking through it and the analytical part of it. Some people enjoy it more than others, yeah. um, but. It, it's interesting to when we do this out loud in front of, you know, a caddy or a player or, you know, we've done it in front of John Tillery, who's a coach, and just the the head nods and the laughs and the chuckles that we get as we try to break this stuff down. Because at the end of the day, it's golf, right? Right. Well, I, I got to get this out of the way first. What's the podcast use tonight? What are we uh, – what are you sipping on? Be honest. Last time you were sipping on, I think it was just water yeah. because you were hungover. Yeah, I have water again. <laughs> the Monday. <laughs> Come on, cleaner. I will you say, know. I I had a revelation this past weekend. Now, my buddy Colt Nose has been trying to get me on this for a while to try it, and that's I'm usually a Tito's soda guy, and I tried. Uh, tried drinking tequila soda while I was out last weekend. He was like, I promise you won't feel bad at all the next day. And he was right. I did it two days in a row. And I am, I feel like I'm in limbo right now. Wait a minute. Uh, that, my, Cause this is, yeah, this is, this is big, yeah. uh, Aaron. I, I know you haven't been listening, is, but Tito's is a big part of this podcast. Tito's has made many moments on the tour junkies podcast. Yeah, and I you're mean, saying got, sub out the Tito's. I have a I have a history with Tito's as well, and uh, yeah, I'm I don't know I'm I guess I'm a free I'm kind of a free agent right now. I think. <laughs> now, obviously, so, it has to be good tequila. Like, what kind of tequila were you drinking? I was drinking like Casa Amigos and soda. Is that good? So is that good stuff? Yeah, you put a little orange slice in there. Okay, uh, it's pretty tasty. Yeah. I think the I, I think what it is is that so like when you drink Tito's and soda like you you're on like your second or third one like you stop tasting it honestly and with tequila you taste every sip and so like I think you take your time on those a little more yeah and so I think that's a little be bit. part of it yeah so I don't know that makes sense. Uh, I'm still in the research and development phase right now. So we'll, uh, you know, yeah. we might have to add that to the, uh, to the, to the podcast juice options for next week. I, I, I'm not prepared. I'm, I don't have any tita or any uh, tequila in the house, but um, I am drinking my usual, which I have to say, uh, I wish I could pull up the tweet real quick, but we had a listener tweet us this past week that uh, him and his buddies have been listening to the podcast for a while. And the other night, they were buying stuff at the liquor store, getting ready to go, and they bought the ingredients for my go-to podcast juice and tried it for the first time. And all of them said they they loved it, and they've now named it the DB amongst their friends. So that wow. could be that could be for David Barnett or it could be for Douchebag on the Tour Junkies podcast. But they, I now <laughs> have a drink named after me, and I, I got to say I'm proud of it. And it's my Tito's, and, and I do I do Tito's and soda when I'm out because most places don't have my mixer that I go to when I'm at home. But I go okay. my, my go-to podcast juice is Tito's and Lacroix. Um, okay. And then a, a splash of peach schnapps 
to top it off and a squeeze of lime. And that's that's my go-to podcast juice. And these boys tried it, said they really enjoyed it. You know, it's low-cal. It's still refreshing. You know, it's – Yeah. I'm in Augusta about all the time. Yeah, it is. It's very tasty. Yeah. yeah. I'm not a big LaCroix guy by itself, but right, it adds same. just a hint of flavor that soda doesn't. You know what I mean? And you still get yeah. the fizz. Yeah. So, good st- sounds like I, a good starter. It's a like great starter. If you're working your way into the night, just kind of yeah. have one of those. Mm-hmm. Tastes good. Yeah. Yeah. And then by the third one, yeah. you're like tired of like mixing it all up and doing all that. And you just, <laughs> you know, you just straight, straight, straight back to the soda. Yeah. Um, so tell me about your day, buddy, where you're at. You're, you're, uh, we're talking about, we're talking about, uh, the Wyndham. So you're, you're in Greensboro. Did you make it to Greensboro? I'm okay. in Greensboro. Any travel stories for us? I, uh, funny you should ask that. I, uh, <laughs> so traveled out of Nashville this morning at, about 11 o'clock, Nashville to Atlanta, and then Atlanta to Greensboro. And so uh, once you get to Atlanta and you're going to your destination, there's usually, you know, you get some tour guys on your flights once you get to the yeah, to yeah. the flight before the destination. And uh, so there's a few few players on my flight. Uh, Bryce Garnett and Matt Wolf are sitting right behind me, and Josh Teeter and uh, Adam Long, a few guys. and so I get on the plane, uh, second plane, probably an hour flight, Atlanta to Greensboro. And I, I uh, first of all, I'm a, I'm a window seat guy. Uh, Same. I don't, Same. I don't like the aisle. I like to have something to lean on. If I want yep. to take a nap, it makes it easier. Well, there's a lady in my seat. I was like, man, it's only an hour, but, you know, I really want that window if I want to doze for like 15 minutes. So. I was like, hey, I think I'm in the window. And she was like, you sure you don't want the aisle? You're so tall. And I was like, ah, I think I'd rather just sit in the window, <laughs> you know, the seat that I booked like a month ago because that's where I went to sit. And I was and, still uh, the same height a month ago when I booked it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so she comes out, lets me in there. And I can tell, like, this lady is – she's had a couple drinks. And I'm not judging. I mean, it's it's Monday morning, but, hey, maybe it's her day off or something, you know. She's <laughs> had a couple morning. already. And you know how um, JT's had a good year, so I'm sitting up in front of the curtain on this flight. Oh! And so you know they'll they'll come by pre-flight if you're sitting up there and ask you if you want anything. Well, she's she dives straight into the red wine before you even take off, and I'm like, oh boy. Yeah. And usually I I'm a guy that gets on the plane with my headphones already on to avoid yep. strangers talking to me. Yeah. Uh, but like I said, there's a lot of guys you know, from the tour that are on this plane. So I've been talking to them out, you know, in the gate area. So I didn't have my headphones on. Well, she just starts in immediately talking to me, asking me what I do, where I'm from, scratching. I think she asked me where I was from three times. I told her that I was a caddy, which is a huge mistake. And she asked me who I work for about three times. Anyways, finally get my headphones on. And she stops talking to me. And about the middle of the flight, about 30 minutes in, I see that she's talking to the uh, flight attendant. She's got him, like, down, like, real close to her. They're kind of, like, whispering. I'm like, what could they possibly be talking about? So a couple minutes later, I see her give – 
she gives the guy her phone and I was like, oh, maybe she just wants this guy to take a picture of her up here in first class, whatever. <laughs> nope. She gets up out of her seat and starts going like, starts walking. I'm trying not to like make eye contact with her because I don't want to engage her again. Mm-hmm. But I'd seen her talk to some guys that like went towards the back of the plane earlier when they got on. And so I was like, oh, well, maybe she's like going back there to take a picture with them or something. <laughs> nope. She stopped at the seat directly behind her where Matt Wolf is sitting with his headphones on, minding his own business, taps him on the shoulder and asks for a picture during the middle of this airplane flight. So <laughs> wait a minute. Matt, so Wolf, the, Wolf had no idea. He he didn't even he just was locked no, in the zone with whatever he was. Probably listening. looking down, like looking at his phone or listening <laughs> to music or watching something and gets a tap on the yeah. shoulder for a uh, nice little photo opportunity <laughs> for this lady. And uh, so, I mean, he was obviously gracious about it and took a picture with her. And so then she comes back to the seat besides me, smacks me on the arm, like really hard, like excitedly, like we did it, like we were a team or something. (laughs) And I was like, I do not want this guy who I have never met yet at this point to think that I was any way a part of that. so she she got her picture with him and um you we cleared get it up plane. with Matt, right? Yeah, so like I said, I never met him and so we're we were walking down the baggage claim. Obviously we get off the plane about the same time and I walked up to him. I was like, Hey man, you know, I'm I'm Aaron, I work for J T Post and I never met you, you know, I just wanna say hi. He was like, Hey, I was like I was like, I cannot believe what that woman just did on that plane. He said, Yeah, that was weird, right? I was like, Yes, that was very weird. <laughs> <laughs> so that doesn't really happen. He's like, yeah. He's like, I didn't know what to do. He's like, ah, it's like, yeah, you did the right thing. You just took a picture with her, whatever. And I was like, I think she was pretty drunk. And he was like, oh, he's like, I didn't know that. He's like, that makes way more sense. <laughs> so <laughs> I, he was I would cool love about it, but I was just like, I was, I was floored. I, was, I could not believe it. I wonder if we could find, uh, you know, maybe she hashtagged Matt or tagged him in something. We could find the picture. That'd be a lot of fun. Maybe a listener could find that for us. That'd be a good time. Yeah, I um, don't know. Cause I, I don't know if she's like, I don't know. She didn't come across as a big social media person. Cause she was, <laughs> she later in the flight got on me because I was texting on my phone during the flight. And she was like, why are you kids always on your phones all the time? <laughs> like I wanted to be like I'm texting my friends telling them what you just did. <laughs> what? Uh, yeah, so it's probably not posted anywhere. She's literally just sent it to her her family. Um oh, Yeah, so you got to look out. Head on the You know, does that We talked about this on our interview that we did with you me and Pat. You know, we talked about the epidemic on tour with with grown grown adults uh yeah seeking high fives from players and uh leaning over kids to get high fives and fist bumps and whatever and we talked about yeah. even worse than that lower level of scum would be the autograph seekers you know just and i've actually right. actually after that podcast we had a number of listeners tweet and ask about some rule clarifications on on that and we'll we'll work on that maybe in the off season we can draft something real nice yeah. um, to kind of clear things up for the people. But I mean, where does this fall? I mean, well, when those guys are on the course and that stuff happens, I mean, they're technically at work, I guess. And so 
it's a little more acceptable in that respect. But like, right. Just getting in somebody's personal space on the airplane when they're just minding their own business <laughs> is is a whole nother just, thing. Like, just not good. If yeah. if you even if she just waited until we got off the plane and she caught him like out in the you know the concourse area and was like, hey, I'm a yeah. big, big fan. Like I, I would love to you know get a picture if you have a minute. Like okay, but like during the middle of the flight. <laughs> I don't know. It was what a uh, wild move. Interesting. Interesting, man. Hey, so she that saw was my it. travel day. Yeah. That's good. She saw it. She wanted it, man. She made it happen. You got to give her props for that. She got it done. She knows what she wants. Speaking of, uh, speaking of these young guys who are like Matt Wolf, this is a Colin Moore cat, uh, in, in the back of uh, the Barracuda, like taking down Troy Merritt, which really pissed me off. I had Troy Merritt at 50 to 1. Uh, mentioned him on the podcast, was sweating that one out, and Morikawa just came in like a beast, uh, birdie in the last yeah. three holes. And of course, we had Brooks winning because it's a big purse, big event, right? That's the that's the narrative there. Um, mm-hmm. Won the Wyndham Rewards, doesn't even have to play this week, and he locked up that two million. So it's nice, nice know, payday for him. If, if, if you're Wyndham, aren't you like kicking yourself for that contract, like? Yeah. You well, require the person that's going to win or, like, yeah. to be there? I mean, yeah, I'm sure I mean, they I, didn't think I, mathematically that it would be impossible for anyone else to win it. But Brooks said, yeah, I'll go ahead and take that cash. Uh, well, even the even the other guys, like, I think only – I don't even know how many of the top ten are playing this week, but it's not more than, like, two or three, I don't think. Uh, it's yeah, like, hey, if you want to, if you want to collect this money, we're going to need you to come play. That's true, right? I mean, it would, you would, they would, they would love to have a uh, a little bit stronger field. I mean, so right now, uh, in the top ten for the Wyndham, yep, the only person I see playing is Paul Casey. That is it. Um, <laughs> he is uh, currently eighth, and then you got Webb Simpson. Obviously, he's playing. I mean, like, he's got a kid named after this tournament. So, he's 13th. Shez right. Reeves, 14th. Charles Howell, 17th. And that's the only players in the top 20 in the Wyndham Rewards. So, it's <laughs> – you got one yeah. in the top 10 and four in the top 20 playing in the thing. Yeah. I mean, I guess that there's a lot of important golf coming up. But, like, if you're one of those guys that was, like, Seven, eight, nine, ten. Wouldn't you try to come and play and maybe pocket some you of that th- cash? I mean, you would think. I guess Paul Casey's gonna gonna play. He's like seventh or eighth right now. Um, yeah, it, it's a the drop off on the on the payday is kind of kind of you know it's pretty quick. I mean, it's like it's like two million to first, like five hundred thousand to second. Um, I don't know, or five hundred thousand. Yeah. Maybe it's five hundred thousand. I guess they tenth. figure if they have a good three week run in the playoffs, it'll make up for that if they happen to fall out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think um, these guys are so rich they don't. It doesn't even matter. As crazy as that sounds, a hundred thousand dollars doesn't really matter. It's definitely looking like Brooks feels that way. Um, I, I was on Brooks last week on the podcast. You know, I just said, hey, it's not a major, but it's a WGC. You make a lot of money in WGCs. Um, it's, you and know, he likes, it went, he likes that golf tournament. He likes that turn. He plays that tournament. He, uh, he's, uh, apparently a St. Jude supporter, which is great. And he knew he could lock up the Wyndham 2 million. I mean, it's perfect. Yeah. And, um, not much to talk about with that tournament, really. I mean, I didn't really think of it. I mean, Rory kind of no. 
just flatlined I mean, on Sunday. Right, right now, if Brooks wants to be there, he's almost yeah. impossible to beat. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's he's so much better than everybody else right now. And I don't do know. You, do you buy not into even the practice his, thing? Do you buy into the practice thing that that he's not that he does not practice? Yeah, that he that he's not picking up a club unless he's playing. Um, I mean, I don't know why you would lie about that. I mean, I, I don't I don't think he's not I don't think he's going home and doing nothing. I mean, he's obviously get, getting in the gym and keeping his body in really good shape. But yeah, I don't think he's out there beating balls all day, which kind of yeah. makes what he's doing even more impressive because. I mean, even when Tiger dominated, like, he was grinding. Yeah. He was practicing and, like, you know, doing a lot of stuff. And I I guess maybe Brooks looked at that and said, well, I don't want to, you know, run my body into the ground. I'd rather just be feeling good and figure out the golf once I get there. And that's what he's doing right now. And it's not – he's not even – he's not even, like – overpowering he didn't overpower that golf course last week he just like made he hit it where he was supposed to didn't miss it in bad spots and made a ton of clutch par putts so yeah i mean had he the ball striking was there the week before at the open championship he just didn't make anything and he said it himself nobody was hitting the ball better than him at the open like you just knew it it, when the putter clicked he was just going to run through it yeah, um, I mean he's just on it. He's on a different level confidence-wise right now than everybody else. I mean, once, honestly, once Rory missed that short birdie putt on three, it was over. Yeah, like, and then of course you've got the media freaking out, golf traditional golf media freaking out about. You know, I saw Twitter action today about he arrives forty-five minutes before his tee time, like he's, you know, it. Which yeah, it's it's not, that's not like your buddy rolling into your tea time like literally on two wheels in the parking lot for a Friday round, you know, three minutes before you go off. Like it's still forty five minutes, right? Like how early does posting get? Yeah, there? and he was. I mean, he was probably already stretched and like at the house, and it's it's ninety something degrees in Memphis. He can hit twenty <laughs> balls and be you know ready to go, like. I didn't think it was a big deal. I thought, honestly, thought he was probably already there and just didn't park in his parking spot. <laughs> Feared he probably just pulled up, you know, under the right by the door or something, and parks wherever he wants. <laughs> so, I think they just uh, needed something to talk about on TV there for a few minutes. Is that what it was? Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah. And and then you got more Cowan, man. Like this kid has played six events. He's got like four top fives or top tens. Yeah, um, I mean, besides Brooks, that who's playing better than Morikawa right now? Yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's looking like the real deal, man. He seems like a good kid. I like watching him. Um, not much to say there. I mean, the Barracuda was a was a good event. It was actually more fun to watch down the stretch than than the WGC, uh, just because he had Morikawa trying to make it happen and. Troy Merritt's had a good year, man. He seems like he's had a good year, a, a little bit better year than. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he's a horrible. But whoever's scripting his outfits needs to be needs to be mm-hmm. put in a dumpster. But um, maybe it's him. Maybe it's him. Yeah, it's I, awful. I, I don't know. I, w- I couldn't the, wear it. But who do you think is the worst dressed guy on the tour that you see on a weekend week out? Oh God, I can't say it. <laughs> but I mean, 
there's some guys that need to figure it out. It's not that it's not that hard, is it? I mean, like even the worst dressings, they they have to have people that see them before they go to the course that could be like, I don't I don't know about that, you know, or if they don't know if it looks good, they could hire somebody or maybe just text one of their friends back home and be like, Hey, what do you think about this? And you know, they could be like, nah, you know what? I don't think the, the black pants with the brown belt is a good play today. For I'm not a fan of that. So, yeah. What have you seen Adam? Have you seen Adam Scott's pleated pants in person yet? Have you seen those? You see the pleats yeah. coming back now. Are you a pleats yeah. guy? I mean, Pat's a pleats guy. I mean, I'm a bigger guy like Pat, I think. And but I I can't get down with the pleats. I don't. Okay. Yeah, the pleats make you look bigger. I agree. I mean, Adam yeah. Scott can wear whatever he wants because he's True. Adam Scott and he's one of the best looking men on the planet. But you know, I don't know why. He's, I, I, did he? Do you think he lost a bet to somebody that was like, "Hey, you got to no, wear pleats looking. in 2019 if you lose this bet"? I don't know. He's trying to bring it back, man. Those Aussies are always ahead of fashion, as you know. They're always ahead of fashion. Um, I don't know. I just don't think those are coming back. He's he's trying, bud. He's trying. I haven't um, gotten close enough to him where I can like touch the material. Dude, if you if and, you and oh see what God. it felt if like. you got your hands on Adam Scott's pants, <laughs> you know? I'd probably leave in handcuffs if I did something <laughs> like that because he doesn't. Or know you, me. or you may just ascend to heaven, like right then and there. <laughs> JT's got to bring in somebody off the out of the crowd. Like it might, it might convert me to pleats. I might become a pleats guy. What if it did, man? You need to let me know if you can ever touch those things. That'd be a great bet. If you could, you could have a witness. I would love to to <laughs> bet a way for you to figure out how to touch his pleats. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is already off the rails. We're only like twenty minutes in. I'm just saying. I bet, I'm sure I can talk to Gino and be like, look. You're you're the witness. If Fleener finds out, finds a way to get his hands on Adam Scott's pleats while he's wearing them, he will. We gotta we gotta give him something like for that. For if we could just if we could get in a group with him, I could do it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, if we could get paired with him somewhere, I could I could pull it off. I would have a whole report <laughs> about it. <laughs> oh God! Hopefully that'd be on TV. Um, so we got we got we got the Wyndham. It's the last regular season event. You got the FedEx Cup coming up. We had a listener question, and I think this is something that's interesting. And and maybe you know maybe Aaron, you you have no idea, but uh, maybe you do, or you have an opinion on this. But when we're looking at the FedEx Cup, you've obviously got the top one twenty five, and what that means to finish in the top one twenty five to keep you know full status on PGA Tour next season. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys in this field that are on the bubble of that one twenty five. And then, of course, guys are thinking ahead. Like, I'm sure JT's thinking, you know, who sits at, I think, 83 right now, um, you know, yeah. trying to position himself to get as far into the, into the playoffs as possible and get to the Tour Championship. Um, whether, whether you're a guy on the bubble or you're a guy just trying, like JT, like trying to get in the top 70 and then trying to get to the top 30, like, do, do you think it changes how they approach an event like this? Or, or does it change their mindset, or does it change anything? Um, I don't think going into the event it changes much. I mean, you're still going to prepare the same way, and 
you're going to come up with a game plan for each hole that you want to execute. Now, like coming down on Sunday, if you're, you know, one of those guys around the 125 bubble and you need, you know, you need to make a, it's hard yeah. to know because it's so, so volatile, but the scoreboards do a pretty good job of like, if you want to look at them, you can figure out like, where you're at at that moment like it has your projected thing up there um like if you needed a couple birdies coming in you might be a little more aggressive or if you just knew that you needed to make a par you might play a hole like a little more conservatively i don't know i mean going into the week no but like in a situation late on on sunday or even on friday trying to make the cut uh you might I don't know. You might do something a little more aggressive or a little more conservatively than you would otherwise. That's what I was going to ask you if it impacts any other day other than Friday. I mean, like if you're on the bubble, you're coming into an event like, like Wyndham at Sedgefield where traditionally this is an easier course on the PJ tour by, you know, when you look at the other 40, 48 courses on tour, you know, this course tends to bring a lot of birdies. The cut line's been two under the last couple of years. Like, you know you're going to have to come out and be aggressive. Do you think that that, I mean, if, if this event were in May and they still know it's an easy course where birdies make it, you know, you've got to score birdies, you can't get away with pars, do you think it makes any difference wh- where they stand in the FedEx Cup? Um, I, I just think guys around that 125 bubble or 150 bubble or 200 bubble, whatever, whichever one they're around, they're feeling more pressure this week just because they know it's their last chance. Yeah. So, like, if this event was in May, I think you would probably see lower scores than you will this week just because guys would be playing a little freer. Mm, Uh, Yeah. You know, this is a course where um, it's – length is not of any help, really. You're hitting – I think I was looking through the yardage book on the – plane on the way over here once that lady stopped talking to me earlier and um i think we only hit probably one driver on the front nine i mean maybe maybe four for the whole day so yeah it's a lot of three woods and just kind of a a positioning course off the tee and then it's just it's just going to come down to iron play and and putting as always um this week it's not going to be you're not going to see some bomber have a huge advantage because he's sending driver up on every hole. There's like nowhere to hit driver on some of these holes. So um, yeah. it's definitely a, a fair fight for everybody, which is nice. Um, guys know if they come out and, you know, strike it well and hit their spots that, you know, they're going to have a chance to have a good week. What are your uh... – <laughs> Do you think do you have you thought at all or do you have any opinions on the tour championship uh remodel and how it's kind of handicapped with uh you know with your leader of the FedEx Cup at that moment getting a kind of a 10 shot head start on some of the field and how they're going to handicap yeah. it do you think any any thoughts on that or is are you just kind of the wait and see You know <laughs> to be completely honest I had completely forgotten about that until yesterday <laughs> <laughs> and I was on Twitter, and it was right after Brooks won, and some guy tweeted, like, like, how boring is it going to be in three weeks when Brooks 
you know, starts the tour championship with a two shot lead on Thursday. I was like, what is this guy talking about? Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, that's real. And so I yeah. Googled it and sure enough. And I don't know. I was actually talking to, uh, talking to a couple guys about it today just cause it was fresh on my mind. And I don't, I mean, I don't like it, but you know, that's just me. It's just something new. And I mean, I get, I guess their side of it, the PGA tour side of it is if people are tuning in and don't know much about golf, like we don't want to be throwing a bunch of different scenarios at them and confusing them. They just know lowest score wins the whole thing. Yep. But at the same time, it's like guys like winning the tour championship is a big deal. Like just winning the actual tournament itself, even if you don't win the FedEx cup. Yeah. Like that's a tournament that's been around for a long time. And like guys can say, Oh, I, well, you know, I won two majors and a tour championship and whatever. And now it's kind of, it takes that away a little bit. I mean, yeah, you won the, if you win the tournament, you win the FedEx cup, but like, what if, like, aggregately, you know, somebody beats the guy who actually wins the FedEx Cup because that guy had, like, a five-stroke head, head yeah. start on him? Like, did he win the Tour Championship or did, yeah. <laughs> did that guy win the Tour Championship? It's like, it's, yeah. I don't it's know. Gonna be, I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting. It definitely affects, it's going to affect, like, 30 years down the road when you're looking back at, you know, yeah, historically. Um. You know, I think it's going to ultimately it'll take away from guys that won the tour championship in the past, I think, because nobody in recent memory will have been like the winner of the tournament, I guess. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Kind of weird, like Tiger will be the last one to win it without all that, like without the the handicap, really. Yeah, I mean, I think it's... There'll be a net. It's going to be confusing. <laughs> I think we're going to end up in an effort to try to help people that don't know about golf. We're going to confuse actual golf fans. The people that love golf, yeah. Even yeah, even more. Like, <laughs> I don't know how many extra fans we're going to gain by doing this. Yeah. Like, I think it's just going to. It'll yeah. definitely have people talking about it, though. You know, so. That, like yeah, be, at least for the first year. Know. I mean, they may be talking about it and not watching it though in in subsequent years. But um, uh, yeah, even I, if I people don't think, like it, if they're talking about it, it's, it's still publicity. Want. You know, any publicity yeah. is good publicity. So I've always heard. It'll so, be interesting to see. We'll see. Um, I hope we're there. Yeah, I hope so too, man. I, I'll be there. I mean, I know I'm going, so it's right down the street from me. So I'll be there. I want to see you boys. Oh. Oh, I um, thought you were like in the top thirty already. Or something. Of course, yeah. That's all the motivation <laughs> you need, man. You and you just tell JT, look, if you get me to the tour championship, I get to party with DB, and we're gonna drink some Tito's and some some tequila and sodas, and we're gonna have a good time. Yeah. Um, okay, I'll tell him. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm I'm no like, I just feel like this is relevant. Like the the new schedule was released today. Uh, I looked at it and just got exhausted thinking about how many podcasts I'll be doing uh, over the next year because they added three new events. <laughs> so the yeah. uh, it's it's crazy. Um, it is literally crazy how many events are on the PJ Tour. But 
have you had a chance to look at it? If not, no big deal. Do you have any thoughts on like? You yeah, know, I mean, it? I've seen I've seen some rough versions of it before it officially came out today, so I kind of okay. had a pretty good idea of what was going to happen, um, at least as far as the fall was concerned. And I mean, the fall is a is like eleven events now. Yeah, and so yeah. you know where guys used to. I think when they first started the fall thing, it was only like five or six events. And so guys would just skip the whole fall if they wanted. And now you, you're almost forced. You almost have to play a little bit, even if you're a top yeah. guy, just so you're not like way behind the eight ball going into January. But I mean, I was looking at it and I bet we'll play, I bet we'll play seven or eight times in the fall if I had to guess. Yeah. And that's a lot tacked on to the end of what we've already done this year. <laughs> uh, yeah. But there's, I mean, we'll have a few breaks. I mean, we'll have a couple of weeks probably before Greenbrier. And then we'll, there's a, there's a scheduled off week in there in November. So, I mean, there's enough breaks. I mean, we're still, you know, chasing i feel like so we're still hungry and like excited to go play in the fall as opposed to some guys are kind of burnt out and like ready to shut it down for a while so it will be fine i don't, I don't know I'm, i'll be anxious to see what the turnout is for the fall events from like the top 60 70 guys yeah it'll be interesting to see um yeah, I mean, it, it exhausts me. I'm sure. I'm sure. Forty nine events. Uh, anybody doing a podcast every week, it's gonna be. It's gonna be a long, uh, long year. But it's fun until we do. Yeah, um, it's gonna be a real grind for you next year. It's a big grind for me, bud. I need you to be thinking about me when you're carrying that bag <laughs> on your back. Um, uh, in other news this week, big news, and this is the last kind of news item before we get onto the course. The DraftKings and PGA Tour made a deal. You know, do you have thoughts on that? I mean, what's your what are your hot takes there, Aaron? This is the, the, my first hearing of it. I know what drafting. <laughs> Come is, on, man. I know what the PGA Tour is, but I did not know that they had uh, struck a deal. <laughs> Tell me more about this, dude. You're for a guy who's on Twitter. I can't believe you haven't you didn't see this. Like it was huge. It, yeah, but yeah, like DraftKings I mean, is now the official fantasy golf provider partner of the PGA Tour. It's just. Hopefully it eliminates. Great for DraftKings. Awesome. Yeah, great for the tour, too. And great for the tour junkies, buddy. And maybe great for Aaron Fleener. You could be walking around with a DraftKings hat on one day. It could be. Yeah, I mean, I guess the trickle-down effect of that could be just more money in my pocket, which I'm I'm always for that. Yeah. DraftKings has plenty of coin. Good deal. I'm sorry I wasn't as excited about that as you wanted me to be. Jeez. Um yeah, man. I'm, I'm excited. Play, like, about we don't it. play DraftKings. We're not supposed I to. I don't think. Well, yeah, but now that could be different. You never know. You know, or caddies. Caddies might could. Yeah, that's what I, I want to take some guys that we're paired with, and like when we're on like the fifteenth hole, a par five, and some guy hits it in the water, be like, "Damn it, dude! I had you this week. Like I needed <laughs> you to make eagle there." <laughs> well, you can't. <laughs> yeah, you don't need to. You don't need to let people know. But I mean. You know, you could do it. You could get away with it. You could get away with it if you want to. Um, yeah, good. I'm just pumped about it, man. It's 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 good for us. It's good for the business that that we're in, just because it adds a little credibility. Um, 
you know, when we first started this thing four years ago, uh, the PGA Tour was adamant against anything fantasy golf related or betting or anything like that. Um, a couple of things we tried to do with the tour got shut down immediately. Uh, like we were freaking some kind of hobo on the street. They were shutting us down. Um, so I'm pretty, I'm pretty pumped about it, man. I think it's good for, I think it's good for the tour. I think it's, it, ho- hopefully it makes some players, some caddies, some, um, <clears throat> agents a little less skeptical to talk to us. Uh, I think sometimes we've been, uh, not often actually, but I, a couple of times in the four years, we've just had a few agents like kind of say, Oh no, I'd rather not with the whole DFS fantasy golf betting thing. Um, so hopefully yeah. it just kind of removes some of that and, and we can all be honest with ourselves. And that is that golf is a game rooted in gambling. So let's just get over <laughs> it and quit, quit acting like we're better yeah. than everybody else. <laughs> Cause we're not address, address the elephant in the room. And just yeah. And, and I, and I do think more revenue, it. man. I mean, the, the for sure we all know what fantasy football is done i don't i don't have to preach that on this podcast but uh, we all know what it's done for for the game of football in the nfl um anything that would give a shot in the arm to the pga tour in terms of listeners and viewership i think is a good thing so uh, i'm excited about it um all right aaron let's get to this golf course let's get to this tournament i'm gonna make some picks here i'm gonna have you give me some thoughts some feedback um you talked a little bit about this golf course, Sedgefield Country Club. It's a par seventy, a little over seventy-one hundred yards. Uh, full field event this this week in Greensboro, North Carolina. One hundred fifty-six players. Um, I already mentioned kind of an easier course on tour. A lot of birdies here. Cut lines been two under the last three years. Um, Donald Ross design. Um, traditional par seventy. So you know, thoughts on this golf course for me would be you know you got to put your ball in the fairway. Uh, I picked up on just doing some research here, what you said that that it does kind of take um, length out as a you know driver out of a lot of big hitters' hands. Um, I mean, if it's taking driver out of JT Poston's hands, then it's definitely taking driver out of everybody else's. I mean, JT can hear his ball land. Yeah. Can he? Does he, <laughs> he prefer? Is he one good. of these guys? <laughs> is he one of these guys who like prefers to hit like? Like if I have to hit a three wood, now obviously I'm no professional, so this is a dumb comparison. But if I like, I would rather hit my driver than a three wood. Is he? Is he like like when he hits a three wood? Is he that much more confident he's going to put it in the fairway than a driver? All right, everybody, it is finally here. Rake free DFS, courtesy of our friends at Fantasy Draft, is finally here. And you can play without paying any rake. That's right, 100% of entry fees go to the contest and go to the contest winners with paying no rake to the house. It's unbelievable. We want you to give it a shot at fantasydraft.com. You can use promo code TOURJUNKIES to get in there and get your, uh, get your rake-free DFS movement started. Fantasydraft.com, a great game for the PGA Tour. They also have NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, NHL. But for the PGA Tour, it's a fun game. You pick seven golfers based on the salary cap. They're going to drop the lowest-performing golfer out of every team. So it gives you a little bit of wiggle room. Like, you don't have to be perfect, all right? So they're going to drop the lowest score on everybody. But here's the deal. With rake-free DFS now... You can spend up to $100 a month in entry fees on FantasyDraft.com and pay zero rake and zero monthly fee, which means 
you're you're saving money right off the bat. So give it a shot. FantasyDraft.com. Use promo code TourJunkies. Be a part of the rake-free revolution. We've been working with Fantasy Draft for years. They're great people, great game over there. And now they're doing this rake-free thing. This could really uh, this could really change some things. So uh, you can get, just dip your toe in the water, okay, is all we're saying. Go over there, create an account, put you a little 50 spot, 100 spot in there. You can spend that in one month, okay, and not pay any any rake whatsoever, which the, the big DFS companies are charging you a ton of rake whenever you enter a contest that's not going to the prize pool. Fantasy Draft is changing the game. Give it a shot. Promo code Tour Junkies. Let's get back to Aaron Fleener. Not for him, I don't think, because he's pretty accurate off the tee with yeah with anything. But I think there are some, I mean, there's some guys, yeah, that they feel like they're going to hit the fairway more often with a three wood than a driver. But yeah, no, yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure there's some guys like that. I just didn't know if JT was one because he's so accurate. Anyway, you know. Yeah, he's he doesn't hit too many foul balls. I mean, even when he misses fairways, it's usually only by a couple yards, which sometimes even worse than hitting a big foul ball out here. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Um, yeah. Do you do you think like one of the things that we look at a lot is is the putting surface and the greens, uh, the green surface. So Bermuda, bent grass, POA is typically what we see out on the tour. Um, you know, at an event like this where we've got Bermuda greens. I definitely feel like there's an edge to guys who feel more comfortable, who historically perform better on Bermuda. Same thing when we get to the West Coast swing, you got a bunch of POA surfaces, guys who are comfortable yeah. on those. Do you kind of you would you agree with that? Do you think that's that's probably accurate? I mean, it's not something that you know is the end all be all, but it's something to look at. Oh, I definitely I, I definitely think that is a thing for sure. Um, yeah. you know, JT's not he doesn't love Poana Greens. Uh, yeah. Just speaking from from our end of it, um, I mean he's fine on them, but it's not if you gave him his choice that he wouldn't play on Pohanna Greens, right? Um, so that the surface definitely matters to these guys, whether they would admit it or not. Um, they they definitely going to feel more comfortable on what they grew up on or what they play on all the time at home. Yep. So this week, in terms of like, th- you know, stats and things I looked at, I looked at a long term strokes gained on Bermuda. Um, looked at, you know, strokes gained off the tee, accuracy type guys, strokes gained approach, guys dialed in with their irons. Um, and uh, that's pretty much it. I mean, obviously, you're looking at you're looking at guys who are playing well. Um, Sedgefield's got a few boys in here that have some really good history at this golf course, but it doesn't seem like historically you have to be uh, – it, it just looks like you can have plenty of first-time winners here, uh, as, as we've looked in years past. So, Brand Snedeker is your defending champ who won last year. Hendrick Stenson won the year before that. C. Wu, uh, Davis Love the third a few, four years ago. Camilo Vajegas, man, what's happened to that guy? Patrick Reed man, won here for his first time. Um, Sergio and then Webb's won here a couple times and, uh, yeah, has a kid named Wyndham, so – that's what you need to know about guys who have won this golf tournament. Yeah. I mean, um, out of all those guys, there's not, I mean, just Davis love can probably was moving it out there pretty good, but like those aren't traditional bomber guys. No. Nah. Yeah. 
Stinson hits it a long way, but he was probably just blistering like a four iron around this place. Well, he, he said the sure. year he won, he was quoted as saying he ha- he didn't even bring a driver. He literally hit a strong three wood <laughs> and a four wood or something else. Yeah, he didn't even bring a driver. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, he, w- he wouldn't need one around here. Yeah. So yeah, Any, I mean, it's, there you go. Anything else that, uh, that you kind of think? You know, as you've you've looked over the yardage book um, that, that you're looking at, or you you know you would look at or, or think about with uh, with guys playing this week. Um, I, I would look at where they are in the standings. <laughs> okay. See how, see how much pressure they're going to be playing under. Well, so that's what um, I'm saying. Like, if you think guys are under a lot of pressure, I mean, so you you think that could actually be work against them, not necessarily for them. Well, it doesn't matter. It just depends on the guy. I mean, some some people thrive in that situation, and some yeah. people back back down from it. So, <clears throat> I don't know. I I don't think there's a strokes gained like heart category that you can look <laughs> up. But like, yeah, some guys are that moment's too big for them, and some guys they that's why they play and they play great in that situation. So, like, you can just look at some guys how they perform the last few weeks coming down to the end of the schedule and uh you know guys that had to make a run for their card that did it and then there's some guys that haven't so uh i mean i'm not gonna get into naming any names but that yeah i mean that has definitely happened the last few weeks so um yeah it's hard to know which guys have that inside of them and which guys don't but uh, that is a factor. Well, we'll hit on a couple of them. I got some notes here on some guys that I would say are kind of bubble boys, uh, either just inside that top 125 or just outside that top 125. Um, and we get to a couple of bigger names um, kind of early when we're looking at odds and DraftKings. So, all right, all right, Aaron, here's what we do, man. I go off DraftKings prices. And, uh, and then as we run through these boys, I will also throw out some guys who I'm going to throw a little wager on in your more traditional golf betting uh, arena, which all of our golf bets you can, you can find on mybookie.ag, and you can use promo code. You know, we know Aaron's going to throw out a promo code here at the end of the show. It's what he does. So not for my bookie, but for something else. Um, but mybookie.ag is where we do all of our betting, and uh, they got some good bets up for uh, the Wyndham Championship this week. So all of my odds will be courtesy of mybookie.ag, and you can join right now. Promo code TOURJUNKIES gets you a deposit bonus. And that extra special, good loving care that the folks at my bookie will give to all the tour junkies referrals that they have, they have a, they have given such great care for the last like two and a half years. So check them out if you're uh, if you're looking to place a wager. All right, I'm going to start it off in the nine thousand dollar and above range on DraftKings and your shortest odds players to win this week. Starting with Webb Simpson, works all the way down to Cam Smith. I'm going to pick three guys that I'm going to plant my flag in DraftKings tournaments or GPPs. I'm going to pick a cash lock, and then I'm going to take two guys, or at least one guy, but I'm going to actually give you more than that, that I think you should avoid in this area. All right? So my three tournament plays or GPP plays are going to be Paul Casey at $9,800. Um, I love the ball striker in Paul Casey. I love the, uh, the recent form. Uh, for Casey's pretty solid. He hasn't played here since 2015, but when he did play here in 2015, he finished third 
Uh, and obviously, Paul Casey, I mean, he just checks every box in terms of iron play, stroke stand off the tee. Um, you know, I, I think at $9,800 on DraftKings, that's a very good price for him. I mean, he's below guys like Brant Snedeker. And I know Colin Morikawa is hot, but it's still Paul Casey, and you're getting a price break on him um, against Morikawa as well as against Jordan Spieth, who's spraying the ball all over the yard right now. Um, I love I love Casey here. I don't care how popular he may be in certain tournaments. Um, and then I'm going to go right below him at 9,700 on DraftKings with Patrick Reed. Uh, he's my favorite villain. I mean, he is a villain, but he's my villain. And he checks a ton of boxes here in terms of those stats that I was looking at. Um, not a bad history here either. Only played twice in the last five years or so. He's got two top 25s, though. But he's just playing really good right now. And because Patrick Reed is such a dick, people don't play him on DraftKings. So I will continue Wait, to play so Patrick you, Reed. So you get, do you pick five guys or six guys here? In DraftKings, you pick six guys, and you got to fit six it within guys, a salary you have cap. 50,000, 50, right? There you go. Yep. Is that right? Okay. That is right. See, I know yeah, more and, about this than I thought. See, and I want you to ask questions. This is great. I want you to ask some questions that maybe a noob rookie would ask because, I, you know. Uh, by the way, I love that Paul Casey pick here. You, you like that? That's, I think, like, I just think this course is. It's not as hard as um, Copperhead, the Valspar, where Casey won. Yep. Um, back to back. But yeah, but it is. It's in that mold. Yep. Um, where you've got to just kind of strike it around and roll in some putts. So I like well, I like that pick. And I just feel like in terms of DraftKings value, the the price tag on Casey at ninety eight hundred is is solid again when you look at those three names that i mentioned just above him so um, what what uh, were what are brant and webb going for so brant is ten thousand, so he's just above paul casey webb is your favorite he's the highest price guy on DraftKings at eleven thousand two hundred dollars now here's yeah. what i'll say i i will i have two i have two guys that i'm going to fade in this area aka fade meaning i'm not i'm going to avoid in this in this sure. area and they are Jordan Spieth at 10,006 and Hideki at 10,009. Now, most listeners know that I love me some Hideki Matsuyama. I mean, I, do, I just do. <laughs> um, he's as consistent as they come. But obviously, his last two events haven't been great. He missed the cut at the Open Championship. But I kind of gave him a pass on that. The last missed cut he had 24 tournaments ago was the Open, right? He doesn't play. He doesn't like okay. it. He doesn't play the Open well. But then last okay. week at the WGC to follow it up with a T43. Um, did not get did not get me going a whole lot here. Um, and, and so for the price, um, he doesn't putt well on Bermuda. His Bermuda um, his Bermuda stats long term are terrible. Um, I mean, and we know that Hideki's thing is putting anyway. Like it's just it's always about putting with Hideki. He's gonna hit the ball well, tee to green everywhere. Right. It's all about the putting. But yeah. he especially sucks on Bermuda. So for to be the second price guy. I think Hideki is worth a fade, and I think Spieth is worth a fade. Despite his T12 last week, he continues to just scramble his dick off. And I just, to be the third the third highest price guy, I, I would want a little more comfort in knowing he's going to put the ball in the fairway. But Jordan just can't put the ball in the fairway. Like, he just can't. Yeah, so if, 
I'm just trying to think through the strategy of, of how you make a team here. So, like, I'm sure you think that Webb and Brent are both going to have pretty good weeks here yeah. just because it fits yep. them so well. But I, you're just staying away from them because the the price is too high. It, it takes away from too much of the rest of your team. Is that – Yeah, exactly. So, kind of what I you're mean, getting at? Yeah, so part of this is obviously has a lot to do with value. It has a lot to do with value. I think Webb's going to have a good week, but it's gambling, right? And if and if you're looking at right. implied odds of Webb returning value on his price of $11,200 and what that does to your roster construction on DraftKings. You you like Paul Casey just as much as you like Webb and Paul's cheaper. Exactly. I, I mean, honestly, I probably like Webb a little more, honestly. But Paul is way yeah. cheaper. I mean, I'm, I'm saving – I'm saving $1,400 by using Paul Casey, but, but I do like Webb more than, I mean, I do like Paul more than Brant or Jordan or Hideki and I'm getting him yeah. at quite the price break. Um, so, so value is one thing. The other thing that we talk about a lot is uh, when I say tournaments, like if I say GPPs or tournaments, um, that's a DraftKings term um, where you know, you may have, you know, 10,000 entries into this one contest. So, so 10,000 lineups of six golfers are going to be entered into this contest. Right. And 20% are going to, are going to get, are going to make money. Right. But really the top one to 3% are really going to make some money. Okay. Okay. The rest of the top 20 are going to are gonna do okay. They're not going to lose money. They're going to double up their money or maybe a little more, but it's nothing to write home about. So our, right. our strategy with those is like you play those contests to finish in the top 1% to 3%. You don't play those contests to finish in the top 17%. Um, if so you are like, playing – I'm getting a text if you finish in the top 1% to 3%. Yes, yes. You're, like, hey, yeah. look, look what I did this week. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's an accomplishment. You built a really good lineup and you probably made some good money. You you made some, a good return on that investment, like a, a, an exciting return, especially if you're in the top one. Right. So for that reason, yeah. the other thing that you have to factor in is who is going to be popular and who is not. So if you have 15,000 entries and, you know, 25% of them are playing Brant Snedeker because he's the defending champ, you have yeah. a choice. Do I want to do I do I want to have um, you know do I want to have exposure to Brant in, in, in case he pops or do I gain an edge on the field if he doesn't play well and I avoid him and they spent ten thousand dollars on him so a lot of it is also about yeah. ownership and you have to have uh, we call it ownership leverage. You have to have guys in your lineup that give you ownership leverage. That's why I said Patrick Reed is always low owned because people hate him and people don't play guys in fantasy sports, whether it's football or golf or whatever. They don't tend to play guys that they don't like. So Patrick Reed in, in like most times goes severely under owned because people just don't like him. So they don't put him on their roster. Um, we're, there's some guys, you know, down as we as we move down, uh, that I feel like fit that even more. But um, that's always key. If you want to finish in that top one to three percent, having a, a couple of guys, it doesn't have to be your whole lineup, but just a couple of guys 
that are like 5% owned or less that nobody's on that pop, that's when you start lapping the field above you. You know what I mean? And you can finish in that mm-hmm. 1%, 3%. So it's, it's a whole lot of things when you're talking DraftKings, you're talking, you know, value, how popular they're going to be. And then obviously do they fit the profile of player that you like? So um, that's, that's the definition there. We're talking GPPs is what they call them or tournaments on DraftKings. Now, obviously for betting outright, it doesn't matter. Like, I don't, I don't care. We can have the same guy all day long and we both hit him. Congratulations. Um, Yeah. But for, for DraftKings that matters. So, Okay. Speaking of ownership leverage, we get our ownership leverage information from FanshareSports.com. We've talked about FanshareSports.com for years. They listen to every podcast. They read all the tweets. They read all the articles. They watch all the YouTube videos about who is talking PGA Tour Daily Fantasy, and they're going to tell you who's getting talked up and who is not to give you that ownership leverage. So if you're playing PGA Tour tournaments, GPPs on DraftKings, FanDuel, Fantasy Draft, whatever, and you need the ownership leverage, FanshareSports.com is where you get it. You can subscribe weekly, monthly, or annually and get 20% off your subscription with promo code TOURJUNKIES. That is 20% off your weekly, monthly, or annual subscription with promo code TOURJUNKIES. And uh, Fanshare's going to tell you what's up. I mean, it's critical. If you're playing tournaments, GPPs on any of those platforms in golf or NFL football, which they do both, Fanshare Sports has you covered. Check them out. FanshareSports.com. Promo code TourJunkies. Let's get back to Aaron Fleener. So we've got Um, Casey and Reed so far. So I got Casey and Reed, and then finally, as here's an example. I think a tournament play, a low-owned guy that's going to go a little overlooked in this range is Chez Reedy, and I feel like he fits the bill for this type of golf course. Um, I feel like everybody's pumped to play Matt Wolf, Victor Hovland, the exciting guys who are priced right above Chez Reedy, uh, but I like Reedy here coming off a 27th finish of the WGC, which isn't terrible. He's played here a few times, nothing to write home about in terms of hit, uh, course history, but he's probably the most accurate player in this field um, in terms of when you look at fairways that he's hit, uh, driving accuracy, um, iron play sharp, proven PGA Tour winner, and I get him at $9,300 on DraftKings, and I get him at probably pretty low ownership. So I'm going Casey, Reed, and Reavy for my tournament plays, and then – uh, as kind of a, a lock to make the cut, and I think play pretty well, but I think will be popular. I think Billy Horschel is uh, is that guy. I mean, Billy's missed like one cut all year. Played pretty well last week at the WGC, and I, I didn't think he was gonna do that well last week, but um, played pretty <laughs> pretty good with a T nine. Um, but I think he's a pretty safe bet. He loves this golf course. He's gained eighteen strokes on this uh, in this golf tournament over the last five years. Um, so I think Billy Ho's your play, and then I'm I'm gonna avoid Hideki and Jordan Spieth in this range. Yeah. And then finally, I do have one guy that I'm gonna I'm gonna start my betting ticket with, and that is Joaquin Neiman at ninety one hundred dollars. Uh, he's just a guy if he's at fifty to one on my bookie, and you talk about a young guy who's ball striking his balls off, and that's Joaquin Neiman. Now, I predicted the miscut at the open coming off of incredible form because it was his first open championship. 
But before that, he had a 10th, a 23rd, a 5th. He's been making a ton of cuts. Um, he checks yeah. all the boxes, TD Green. I mean, Joaquin Neiman well, like, is he's, a stud. He's also one of those guys that needed to make a run to get his card recently, and he did it, like I was saying he, yeah. earlier. Like, that spurs some guys on. It scares some guys. He's obviously one of those guys that, you know, that fuels himself on that moment. Now the pressure's off too, right? I mean, if you, I mean, he's he's well right. in there, um, still playing good, and you don't have the pressure on you. Yeah. Now the next little range here on DraftKings, the eight thousand. How much have, range. How much have we spent so far? What? Okay, so let me tell you how this works. So what I do is I we break down the ranges nine thousand and above. Then we do eight thousand to eighty nine hundred. Then we do seven thousand to seventy nine hundred, and then we do six K guys. And we're not building lineups. We're not giving people lineups. We're giving people plays in each range that we like, and they get to uh, make their own lineups. We're not. We're not. We're not giving people the lineups. They have to make their decisions. Oh, I thought so we not, were building a squad. No, man. You get, let's. I'm gonna have you build a squad after, and I'm gonna critique it. How about that? I don't want to do that at all. <laughs> okay. I can't okay. be on here picking guys <laughs> and not picking <laughs> other guys. <laughs> Okay, okay. I won't I won't do that to you then. No, we're not building a squad. We we are giving our picks, our guys that we are narrowing this 156 man field down to to okay. say here's some our guys expert in analysis. Yeah, in each range that we that we're paying attention to. That's all we're doing. So okay. <laughs> all right. The eight thousand dollar range on DraftKings is a range that I don't I'm not a huge fan of, but um and I don't have anybody in here on my betting ticket right now. So I don't like any of the odds here. I find that there's a ton of value like a JT Poston in the $7,000 range. Um, so I'm not going to have a whole lot of guys in here, but I'm going to give you two guys. Uh, I'm going to give you Alex Norin, um, who's playing a little bit better. He's not checking a whole lot of boxes in terms of stats because he's kind of sucked lately. But he's come around. I finished 11th at the Open, 12th last week at the St. Jude. And we've seen Alex Norton contend um, at, at big events. And I, I'm not sure his PGA Tour status, but he's a bubble boy. I mean, he's, he's right on that 125 in terms of FedEx Cup. I know he's trying to manage both European Tour and PGA Tour cards. But he's a bubble boy. Yeah. Um, so, but given the form and the confidence off those last two weeks, I like Norin. What do you what do you think of that that analysis? Um, I don't know that much about his recent play, um, but he seems like one of those guys that is going to step up when it really matters for him. Uh, he's just you know he's seasoned uh, you know top guy in the world, and so I. Yes, I, I would like him this week when he's, especially when he has something on the line. Yeah, yeah, and that that's kind of what I was looking at there, and and I think again, not checking a whole lot of statistical boxes just because his year has not been great, but the last two events he's turned it on uh, in big fields. So, you know, you get a weaker field like this. He's a world class player. He's won, you know, uh, on the European tour and contended in majors and things. Uh, I think he's an interesting play at $8,800 on DraftKings. And then finally on DraftKings in this range, I like Adam Hadwin at $8,500. He's a little, you know, he's just, he just checks. I mean, to me, he's just like that kind of guy. He's accurate. He doesn't get himself in a lot of trouble. 
He hits a lot of fairways, hits a lot of greens, gives himself plenty of opportunities. Obviously, he's one of the best putters on the PGA Tour. He's played here twice in the last five years. His last time was in 2016. He's made both cuts. Nothing, you know, crazy to write home, but um, the form isn't bad either. I mean, he finished – he made the cut at the Open but didn't play great. Finished fourth at the 3M Open a couple weeks prior to that. Um, contended there. Played so good I like in Canada Adam. too, right? What's that? Didn't he play good in Canada also? Well, yeah. I mean, he's he's Canadian. You have to, right? <laughs> yeah, so he no. was like up there on Sunday. I remember <laughs> he did. Yeah. Um. So Hadwin, Hadwin, and Norin, and then Hadwin is my cash lock here. And I'm gonna avoid. I'm gonna give you a guy here that I'm gonna avoid, and he sucks what putting does cash on Bermuda. Lock mean? Cash lock means so. So like an, an, another contest on DraftKings that you can play. It is what we call cash games, and those are um, those are games where forty to fifty percent of all entries just double their money. So if you're playing a thousand a thousand entry contest, and um, five hundred of those entries are going to double their money, then that's it. And like if you finish first or you finish five hundredth, you're going to make the same amount of money. So you're really just it's almost like Think of it like poker, like you're playing cash games in poker versus tournament style in poker. Cash game a little more conservative, like you're just trying, you're not really, you don't care about finishing in the top 1% to 3%. You just need to finish in the top 50% and just double your money. So you're not going to win anything big to write home about, um, but you're going to, you know, you're going to double your money. And the big for cash games is that you simply make, you simply pick six golfers who make the cut, which sounds very easy, and it is not. Um, Doesn't sound that easy. Yeah, well, it's not good. If 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 you get six players, if you, if all six of your players in your roster make the cut on DraftKings, and you're playing a cash lineup, I can basically guarantee you that you will double your money every single time. So when we say a cash play. Like, we're just saying the guy in this range who we think is a lock. Like, no matter what, he's a lock. And I think that's Adam Hadwin here. And I, I said it was Billy Horschel in the uh, the tier above him. Does that, does that make sense? Gotcha. Good, man. We're, we're teaching you right now. This is good. This is good stuff. Teaching you and the listeners. Learn, learning so fantastic. much stuff I'll never be able to use. <laughs> uh, the guy that I'm avoiding <laughs> like here my- is – it's like my it's whole academic career. <laughs> it's like uh, pre-calculus. Like, when the hell am I going to have yeah. sine and cosine? Have I ever have I ever used that? Have you ever no. used? Yeah, no. Just, I didn't even use anyway. it in that class. <laughs> I'm going to avoid. A, I think he's a North Carolina guy. But it's Jason Kokrak. He sucks putting on Bermuda. He's not a very accurate guy. Now, he has had a good year. He's made a lot of cuts, but I know he hits the ball a long way. Some of that length is not going to be at his advantage uh, this week. So in this range, I will avoid Jason Kokrak. Any thoughts on uh, on, on those? I mean, you, you chimed in on Norin. Anything else or are you good? We're moving on. I'm good. <laughs> All right, now we get into the big, bad $7,000 range. Now, Aaron, if you're following along on DraftKings, this is always the biggest range. This is always the toughest range because there's always a ton of names here, a ton of value, and it's, you know, for tournaments, it's all about 
finding the value, but also finding the guys who may be a little overlooked. You know, this is where you can really differentiate your lineups in terms of those tournaments where you want to finish top one to 3%, right? Um, mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you three guys that I like for tournaments here. And I'm going to start right at the top. A guy who's checking a lot of boxes, both off the tee, uh, in the fairway, putts pretty good on Bermuda surfaces as well, long-term. He loves playing this golf tournament. He's played here almost every year. Now, he doesn't have a whole lot of great finishes to write home about, but he's, he's played it every year, and that's Martin Laird, Party Marty Laird, who uh, had a good week at the Barracuda. Had a good yeah, week he's shown another. some recent form. He's got some recent form on him, doesn't he? Like – we played Party with Marty's. him at the. Uh, Did you? We played with him at Barbasol the first two days. Finished sixth at the yeah. Barbasol. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I, I like it. I think he's going to be a little overlooked. So, and in fact, I'll go ahead and say it. He's also my cash lock in this range. I feel really good about Marty Marty Party Marty making the uh, making the cut, which is all I need. Party so, Marty. You like what that? A name. <laughs> what a name. Um, man, it is a really tough decision to nail some of these down because, all right, so I'm going to go, oh, man. all right, let's talk. There's three names here on DraftKings all together, all right? There's Denny McCarthy at $7,400. There's Vaughn Taylor at $7,400. Augusta boy, by the way. Well, I once mm-hmm. sold Vaughn Taylor and his fiance at the time furniture. When I was uh, when I was selling furniture, true story. Wow! Yeah, I know. Um, How often do you drop that in the conversation? Pretty amazing. Pretty much daily, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then just below those two boys at seventy three hundred is JT Poston. Um, the postman. The postman. I mean, I feel like all three of these boys fit this golf course. I mean, you already talked about JT. Like this is a a tee to green kind of place where distance doesn't quite give you the advantage it does in other places. And it's a putting contest. We know how good JT putts. Denny McCarthy, another guy who's putting really well. Um, so I, I don't know, man. I'm kind of having a hard time. I'm kind of having a hard time. How's your boy JT feeling right now? Is he feeling good? I think so. I, we were off last week. I haven't talked to him a whole lot. So I don't know. Yeah what he's been up to, but I know he went and played Diamond Creek today and he said he was dialed in. So, um, okay, I just, good. You know, I trust what he says. So, um, <laughs> he didn't, we missed the cut here last year, but I, I think it was, I don't think it was by a lot and I don't remember even why, but, um, he's going to have, yeah, play- uh, you know, he's going to have a lot of good support out there this week, home state event for him. And, uh, yep. I don't, you know, I I think JT is a wonderful player, so I always think we're going to have a good week. So I'm, I might not be the best person to ask <laughs> uh, when it's, it comes to him. What was the other two, Denny and? Vaughn Taylor. My, my furniture Vaughn guy. Taylor. Vaughn Taylor. Oh, yeah. Man, I love Vaughn Taylor's game. He yeah. is like, his distance control with his irons is unbelievable. Really, and he doesn't he doesn't hit them very far. Like we're probably at, JT's not super long as irons. We're probably at half a club, maybe even a full club longer than Vaughn. And like he'll hit like a hundred and 
you know, like a 178 yard six iron and just just right in there pin high and i'm just like that's amazing <laughs> like anybody can just like smash a full shot and just hit at their number but like the way he can like take stuff off clubs and stuff is yeah is awesome and well, he, uh he's a veteran no, he's he's a while. yeah it's impressive like it's not you're not wowed by what he does as you know as far as you would be when you're watching those big guys but like that dude can yeah. golf his ball. He knows how to get it in the hole, and it's it's fun to watch. I mean, it's he'll go out and shoot like five under, and you'll get done, and you'll be like, "Man, what Vaughn shoot like one one under?" And he's like, "No, I shot five. <laughs> like, he just doesn't he doesn't beat himself, and it's like this is a great golf course for him. I feel like his caddy's from this state, so they'll have some good uh, some good mojo going this week. And then Denny's McCarthy. been playing good lately. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's another one of those guys that um, barely missed his card last year and then won the playoffs. And then I think, you know, you once you've been in that spot, you don't want to do it again. I think he really, like, he really, yeah. you know, bared down and just got it you know, got it done these past couple of weeks where he doesn't have to worry about that anymore. So, um, been playing good well, and, you know, it's a week where he's, he doesn't have a whole lot of pressure on him. So I, would, I think he could have a good week too. I mean, all three of those boys in pretty good form. Um, when, when you look at all three, um, JT and, and Vaughn have played this event a couple more times than Denny, but Denny's first time out here finished T36 um, you said JT missed the cut last year. He finished 50th the year before. Um, but yeah, it just seems like one of those events is the, the golf course is just set up really well for him. All three really good putters in terms of Bermuda. I mean, JT, we know is a really good putter no matter what it is, but, um, all, all three doing pretty well there. I will say like from a ball striking standpoint, just looking at stats, I mean, JT and Vaughn are a little bit ahead of, of Denny. Denny's iron play not as good lately as it as it has been, but he's getting by with really good putting and he's not missing fairways. He's checking boxes there. Um, and you talked about Vaughn's iron play, and I'm looking at it, man. This guy. So we we use a stat engine because the PGA Tour stats suck, but uh, we use a stat engine called FantasyNational.com, and and they they pull in all these stats from the tour and all these other venues, strokes gain stats, and you can filter it however you want to filter it. 12 rounds, 24 rounds, 36 rounds, 100 rounds. You can filter it by Bermuda greens if you're putting on those or whatever you want to do. Um, wow. And and you can join FantasyNational.com right now. Go to FantasyNational.com slash TJ. Get 20% off any membership, weekly, monthly, or annual memberships. You get 20% off FantasyNational.com slash TJ. We've been using it for like three years. But I'm looking at this yeah, right just, now. and Just did it. You just did it. Good. Just did it, yeah. <laughs> On Taylor, on strokes gained approach in the last 12 rounds on tour is 11th in this field. And then Fantasy National has a, uh, an, um, a proprietary stat called opportunities gained. And now opportunities gained, because I'm an insider, stat was given to them by a, a PGA Tour player that said, hey, this is a stat that you can pull that would give you a really cool indication of who's hitting it close enough to give themselves birdie or eagle opportunities. So opportunities gained 
measures how many times against the field a player hits it within 15 feet on the green or on the fringe for either birdie or eagle. Vaughn Taylor is 14th in this field in that stat category. Your boy JT is 34th out of 156 in that stat category. So just, you know, it definitely confirms how many times, like how good both of your boys, are, Vaughn and JT, are playing uh, in the iron plate right now. It's just sharp. Yeah, I'm more. Yeah, you know, I'm a, I'm a just a, a sight guy. What I see, you know, I know I don't really dive yeah. into the stats like you guys, but it's nice to know that I'm seeing what's actually happening. Yeah, Vaughn's iron play is ridiculous right now. Um, and the way he does it is, is incredible. Like people that don't know golf wouldn't know like how incredible it is to just kind of feather a little six iron into a back right pin and hit it like <laughs> yeah. 178 yeah. yards but like when you're out there you you just have a respect for what he's doing that's awesome um yeah and so um yeah i'm gonna go i'm gonna go with laird i'm gonna go with vaughn and I'm gonna go with with postman. I gotta go with postman here. Um, and then I, I think Laird is your lock. And then two guys that I'm I'm gonna avoid in this range would be Lucas Beregard or Lucas Beergarden. Um, I'm gonna avoid him. I mean, the Euro is a, is a good player. I think he's a talented player. I think he's a birdie maker, which you need here. But he's a he's a bomber. Doesn't really do a whole lot here. First time playing this event. Um, form is not great. He, yeah, I just, I'm, I'm avoiding beer garden. And then a guy that I just, I can't, I'm sure he's a wonderful human being, but as long as I've been playing DraftKings four years, he is just a constant disappointment because, you know, Aaron, this is another thing. DraftKings rewards birdies, guys who score. Okay. They do not reward the the grinders, okay? And Bill Haas at $7,600. I'm sure he's a lovely person. I know he's a a North Carolina boy. This is a home game for him. He's got a great history here. But Bill Haas, to me, in a birdie fest is never – those things never go together. They just don't. Um, So I'm I'm completely avoiding Bill Haas. Despite decent decent, uh, form and good history here, I'm not on Bill Haas. You're saying so. he's he's a guy that's just going to shoot some bogey free 68s around a par Exactly, seven. exactly. Which again is not a. I mean that's incredible. I'm just saying for the great game thing that for we're him, playing, not a great thing for his owners on DraftKings. It's not a great. He just doesn't make enough birdies. It's it's like you'd rather you know see somebody awesome. shoot 68 with seven birdies and five bogeys. Exactly. You'd rather have that guy. I mean, in DraftKings scoring, the way it's scored, you'd rather have that. Another guy who, when when they're on, they're amazing, but when they're just playing at their baseline or worse, they're terrible. And that's Gary Woodland. Like Gary Woodland's the same way. Gary Woodland on his baseline day will make one bogey and three birdies. That's what he'll do, which is okay. But for DraftKings, it's not fantastic. Now, when he's on, like when he's really on, he'll light it up. I mean, as we saw, but at the U.S. Open, but. He's kind of like that too. Like Gary just doesn't doesn't get in trouble a lot, but he doesn't at his baseline. He just doesn't, you know, blow the top off the defense and just go low. You know? So Bill Haas is the same way. I'll, next just, time I see Gary, I'll tell him that. Please he don't needs tell him that. Please step it please up. Don't. 
I love Garrett Woodland. For by his the way, DraftKings owners. <laughs> Jesus, please don't say that. Please don't say that. Oh, well, um, Gary, big Gary Woodland, Woodland fan. By the way, the listeners know how much I yep. love Gary Woodland. She's an awesome um, guy. All right, man. So that leaves the six thousand dollar range. Now this is the bottom tier, um, and I find a ton of names here on DraftKings that I think are incredible values. And I don't know how I'm going to narrow it down. I guess I'm going to have to narrow it down later in the week. Um, but I think Harris English is an interesting play. He's a he's a Georgia Bulldog, which is never a bad thing. Um, he's made four consecutive cuts at this golf tournament. He clearly likes his golf course. Um, yeah. He checks he had, boxes. He like, grind down the stretch last year to keep his card, I remember. And he did it. Uh, He's one of those guys that when it matters, he can make it happen. So I would definitely look for him to have a good week this week. Oh, um, but there's some stupid – man, dude, there's some really good names that are really cheap down here. I mean, like um, Sam Ryder, talented talented guy, wears joggers, which is cool. Um, I mean, that's got to be worth a few a few DraftKings points. Um He's he's checking some boxes, go low, and some of these. Um, Joey Garber, friend of the podcast, he's been on the podcast. Another Georgia boy, Garber is way down there. He's like, what is he? He's like, he's like, he's like too cheap. He's sixty one hundred dollars, second to the minimum price on DraftKings. Um, checks the box, and he's eighth in driving accuracy. He told us on the podcast, he's like, look, I play courses where accuracy and short game matter. I mean, that that's Sedgefield, right? So I think Joey Garber's yeah, interesting. And this week really matters for him, too. Yeah, he's another one. Very important week for him. Georgia Bulldog as well. Oh, got to love him. Now, here's one that I can't really wrap my head around. I mean, it's a home game. He's another North Carolina boy. But – he scores so good. Like, he can go low. He can win. He, he is contended and I think could win a PGA Tour event soon, and that's Harold Varner. He finished 10th here two years ago. He's kind of cheap to me. I think Harold Varner is an interesting play. He's a guy that can go low. Love some HV3. Yeah, he's all the way down there. Yeah, dude, he's low. That's what I'm saying. Wow. I, there's some, there's some value out here. to play this week. Yeah. Gastonia, he's a member of the podcast too. Um, yeah, I mean, he's Harold's hyped to play every week, but like he, uh, he'll especially be hyped to play this week. That guy loves what he does, and so, um, yeah, I, I like I like him this week. He's a great striker of the ball. Just get some putts to go in, and he'll be he'll be up there. I mean, he's probably going to be hitting less than driver too, right? I mean, he's a he's a long oh, yeah. hitter. He's going to put it in the fairway. Yeah. Um, this is an egregious number. He is a hundred and sixty to one on my bookie. Hundred and sixty to one. Harold Varner. Wow. So, I'm laying down a unit on that. Um, Sam Ryder is a hundred forty to one. I'm going to have a little bit of action there. Corey Connors won on the PJ Tour this year. Incredible ball striker, Canadian, 125 to 1. He's on my card. A couple guys yeah. we talked about earlier, uh, Vaughn Taylor and Denny McCarthy, both at 90 to 1. Um, 
they've made the card. And then the final guy is Brian Harmon at 75 to one. I think Harmon's going to be possibly a guy that people play a lot of on DraftKings. Recent forms and pretty good. Kind of fits the bill for this golf course, uh, but I, I think I'll I'll probably just bet him outright at seventy five to one. I think that's a pretty good good value there. All right, man, that's the field. We we made it through. You good? You all right? Was that information overload for you? Can you believe people actually? I mean, that that was a lot. I felt like I was back in like a, <laughs> a classroom there for a little bit. So, a lot of stuff going over my head, but I just like nod and act like I know what you're saying. Oh um, man. But yeah, that's I, I think that was those are some good guys you picked out there. Um, yeah, as always, you know, time will tell how how good those picks were. Yeah, time will tell for sure. Can you believe that like more than like ten thousand, fifteen thousand people listen to that shit every week? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, you can't. We've answered this question on the podcast before. I have no idea. It's been months since we did it so i don't even remember what our answers were but i think they were good. if boy jt poston were a racehorse uh what would his racehorse name be and i told you that it cannot be his current nickname which is the postman which is a great nickname but also very very great nickname i would never easy. go with that answer for this question okay good because that would be boring good so that's a you know, you sent me these questions earlier so I could have a little bit, you know, yeah. I could have thought about them, you know. So And that's how we do it. What that's I came up with what I came up with with for JT's racehorse name is far from finished. No. And in a horse racing sense, that's what I she would said. say he moves really slow and he would probably never finish a race. Um <laughs> you know, he he just my guy just cruises around. I've, I've never seen him make any quick movements. Um, wouldn't be a great race horse, I don't think. Huh. Um, but to relate it to his golf career, I would say that he's just scratching the surface right now on how good he's going to be. I don't think he even knows how good he's going to be. And so I would say that he is far from finished as far as reaching – you know his ultimate potential it's good stuff that's good stuff so when we did this me and pat named ourselves i believe and named each other and our names for each other were a lot more um a lot more uh insulting than what you just did to your boy jt that was that was complimentary that was good stuff i hope you i, I hope you're right i hope he's far from finished it's good stuff um the second chunk and run question for the night Three worst possible ways to die. What are the three? Just please don't let me go like this. Possible ways to die. it's Shark Week. <laughs> if you know that, but yeah, about it. I think shark, God, Shark would just be. So happy. I don't know if I don't know if we want to use these two as two different ones because they kind of fall under the same umbrella. Like <laughs> I think any scenario where you have time to realize that you're about to die before yeah. you die is the worst way to possibly die. So like, I don't know if you would put like falling from a, a height and like drowning in the same, under that same umbrella. Oh. But like, 
I'm scared of heights anyway, so like that would never happen to me because I would never even be near a position where I could fall from any sort of height. <laughs> like in tall apartment buildings, my buddy lives in downtown Nashville. Like I cannot even walk over to his window. He lives on like the twenty third floor. I can't go next <laughs> to his window. What about Jason down. Aldean's rooftop bar? Well, now that's that's different. You can handle that. That's okay. that's only two stories. That's not that bad. But I mean, I'm not gonna go like hang my head over the edge or anything. But yeah, so I think a scenario like that, or like, you know, drowning if you were struggling and knew that there was no help coming. Like, okay, but here's so, the thing. I don't know if you want to call See, that I've one actually... or two. Okay, I've actually thought about this. I think the falling off a building thing or something like that, like, is actually not as bad because, yes, you know what's about to happen, but you're going to feel nothing. Like, you are going to hit the ground and be done. Whereas drowning, I would think drowning would be one of the worst, way worse than jump, like, falling off a building or being pushed off a building or something like that. Because drowning, you are struggling. You are feeling yourself. You know what I mean, right? Like, whereas, yeah. like, if I'm on the way down, yes, I know mentally, but I'm not I'm not suffering physically, and then I'm just going to hit the pavement and be done instantly, right? Yeah. I I just think that would, the anguish in the, in the fall would be <laughs> really bad. I don't know. I, like but I said, if I'm you, scared of heights. So that's like, you'd have time to, like, pray and make it all right on the way down you can do that yeah so i guess that too falling from a height or you're just scared of heights that's what it comes down to and then my third one would be dying from some sort of sports heartbreak (laughs) i thought i thought i've honestly thought a couple times in the last five or six years that i was gonna die from a Kentucky basketball game in the NCAA tournament. <laughs> There's a picture of me after we uh, lost to North Carolina to the Luke May shot a couple years ago. I'm just laying on the floor of this guy's house that I don't even know in Louisiana. And I, I literally could not move. I just laid there for like come 30 on, minutes. Come on, man. Seriously? The shot went in. There's, I, I have a picture of it. So you need to get a hold Peter of that. Peter was there. Peter took a picture of me laying there. Um, <laughs> and then, obviously, the the Wisconsin loss when we were 38-0. I was yeah. at a bar in Lexington. And, I mean, grown uh, adults were just were crying in the bar. Like, it just – the bar just emptied out. It was silent. It was like a funeral. It was it was the, one of the worst moments I've ever experienced as a, as a sports fan. And see, I feel like if so that like happens I'm, I'm, to I'm you, obviously trying to be funny, but like, <laughs> like but you've that's close. a real like. If I get into a place where I'm not in great health, I feel like I might have to stop watching. See, I feel like if that actually happened, the more embarrassing part is after you die, like when you when you get to where you're going, and they're like, "Hey, man, how'd you get here?" And you're like, damn, Luke May dropped a bomb on us at the last yeah. second in Kentucky. And what like, are you in for? Well, we were what? 38 no, then Wisconsin <laughs> yeah. beat us in the final four. <laughs> you're like, what, man? Like, how many, how many, 
how many baby boomers are in are in heaven right now because of the 90s Braves, you know, and the heart attack Braves losing the World Series like every freaking year. You know, that was almost my dad. I almost lost my dad to that. So I just think the more embarrassing thing is not going out that way. It's just more when you get there, you know, like having to tell people. <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, those are my three without getting like too like morbid. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's get a little morbid. Like if you were going to, the last question I asked you was, um, is there a fictional character that you've just always kind of had a hanker in to maybe, you know, beat the shit out of? Is there a fictional character, a movie, a book, a, a show, anything like that? You just, man, if I, if I, if that guy was real, I would, I would pummel him. Yeah. So you probably gave me too much time to think about this one because I've got like a lot of people <laughs> written down. <laughs> so like golf, wise, golf movie wise, I would go with Shooter McGavin and the David guy from 10 cup. I don't remember his last name, but the oh, guy the, that was, uh, <laughs> yeah. The douchebag that like the, yeah, that was like, like the, the pro um, pro in 10. Yeah. Cup yeah. That, like made fun of him for going for the green. And, like was happy yes. finishing second. That, was that the guy, Miami Vice guy? Wasn't that, that the same guy in Miami Vice? Yeah, Don Johnson, I think. His name. Don Johnson, yes. Yeah, so Don Johnson <laughs> and Tin Cup. I'd punch that guy. I'd punch if you, wait a minute. Gavin. Wait a minute. There's a really strong chance you see Don Johnson in a pro-am in your career. What if you run up on Don? What if you're grouped with Don Johnson on the first scene in the pro-am? And you just well, like, I don't want get to this. punch Don Johnson. I want to punch his character. <laughs> okay. Big difference. Okay. All right. Um, okay. A couple more. You remember the guy in Billy Madison that tried to oh. take the company from Billy? Cool, the little baby. weasel guy? Yes. I don't remember his name. But yes. I, I'd, like to, I'd like to go a couple rounds with that guy. It's just he the was, best movie. The Revolting Blob. Do you remember that guy? What's that? The Revolting Blob. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 The weasel guy, the, the guy with the real weaselly laugh, and he was in the uh, – they were in the, je- the the trivia or the the competition together. Exactly. He played in a bunch of stuff. He was in all kind of movies. I don't know who he is, though. And then I've got a couple more – uh Dean Pritchard from old school. <laughs> Jeremy Piven's character in old school. Yeah. Yeah. That guy was the worst. Just He's the worst. Freaking yeah. nerd. Hated yeah. fun. Um yeah. and then the last one I have I think everybody can agree with is Sack, Bradley Cooper's character from Wedding Crashers. Oh yeah. <laughs> Now, luckily, at the end, Vince Vaughn's character knocks him out just like everybody else wanted to do. So you kind of feel like you got that a little bit. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, that guy, one of the worst. I mean, just one of the worst people ever. Can I – I want to give you one. I wasn't going to give you one, but I've thought of one since you've been saying it. And and I'm – like, yours are kind of funny. Like, the Jeremy Jeremy Pippen one's kind of funny, like – and then Bradley Cooper's guy there. But mine is actually, like, I remember vividly the first time I saw this movie, seriously, like, wanting this guy to die, like, personally, wanting him to die. 
because he was but but i'm saying that as a compliment to the role that he played as an actor was so convincing that this guy was such an asshole that i truly like got lost in the film and wanted him to die you remember the villain in the patriot with mel gibson the guy that shot his kid on the front lawn on the front steps did you see that movie i don't think i saw that movie are you serious you've not seen the patriot <laughs> what no who do, do we just let anybody on the podcast these days? You've not seen the <laughs> You <Patriot>? invited me. <laughs> you invited me. How have you not seen that the Patriot? That was not a prerequisite for me to come on here. You should have told me. <laughs> I would have watched it. It needs to be. Dude. Okay. You need to watch like the first, at least the first like but 30 minutes. I believe minutes. you, man. That guy sounds like the worst. <laughs> He's a total asshole. He killed, he shot Mel Gibson's kid right in front of him. That's unforgivable. I cannot believe you've not – that is a class. How old are you? Have we talked about this? How old are you? I'm 36. I'm old enough that, to have that seen is, the Patriot. That is right up your alley, and you've never seen The Patriot. It is literally one of the best movies in, in American film history. Oh, my God. Well, I watch a lot right. of comedies, man. I try to keep things light. I love the comedies, man. I'm all with you, but I'm just saying, like, if you 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 have to make a point to watch the Patriot, it's probably all on right. Netflix my next off week. I'll I'll watch it. I promise. All right, you need to let me know how bad you hate that guy. Okay, I already hate. All him. right, buddy. This has been good stuff. <laughs> I, I hope you'll agree to come on again. Absolutely. Third, awesome. After the third time, don't I start getting paid? Do I get like shares? Listen, listen, in man, the company. Don't... Listen, we don't talk about money around here. Like, we don't, we don't, we just don't do that. Like, we don't, we just don't. We don't make that. You can talk, you can take it up with Pat. Yeah, i tell you what. i tell you what. We're, we're going to put out a shirt here in a little bit, and you can, you can get, uh, you can get 50% of the profits on that shirt. You're going to put out that shirt with my face on it? Yeah. When I was like in fifth grade. Yeah. And maybe, maybe with the 50% profits, you can find the DVD of the Patriot and buy it in like a bin in Target. <laughs> That's what you could do. How's, good how's week it? This week, I'll just buy it on iTunes. Why don't you do that? How's the, uh, how's the old girlfriend, by the way? You know, you broke that news on the pod. Is that everything still good with that? Yeah, that was good? huge. And then she came on and you guys gave her a little yeah. hard time about it. She's good. I, Spent a couple of days in Jacksonville during the off week hanging with her, and she's coming out uh, to the Wyndham this week, getting in on oh, Wednesday. Nice. So, nice. Yeah. Well, tell her we good. said hello. I haven't messed anything up too bad yet. Yeah, tell her we said hello, man. We uh, tell her put in a good word for us up at the tour, you know, up at Tour HQ. Um, yeah, good stuff, man. We appreciate you coming on. That was a lot of fun. I. Uh, I need to go refill my podcast juice before I edit this bad boy and get her out. But we appreciate you coming on, dude. Do you do you want to do you want to hit your promo codes real quick? Do you want to? I'm sure you probably added a couple since the show last time. You got a few more we need to hit. <laughs> only have the one. MVMT.com promo code A F L E N E R gets you fifteen percent off. <laughs> what is MVMT.com? What do they offer here, Aaron? Like movement, uh, movement.com. It is a watch and sunglasses company. Um, their, uh, you know, their motto is style doesn't have to break the bank, DB. You can get it uh, at affordable. Don't price. I know it? And if you use my promo code, you get fifteen percent off that affordable price. It's even more affordable. Man, I wish they'd uh, 
that you can talk to them about sponsoring the tour junkies podcast. We could use, we could use some watches. Um, that's good stuff, man. Thanks for coming yeah. on Aaron. Appreciate uh, it. Man. Pulling for you and JT the rest of the year, at the FedEx cup playoffs, hopefully see you in Atlanta. Um, and I really hope that I see you touch Adam Scott's pleats or at least hear a good story <laughs> about it. That's ultimately, that's my biggest takeaway from this show. <laughs>